Let's do this. Hello and welcome to the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scott Cast. I am joined here today on this beautiful spring day in sunny Hamtramck, Michigan, with none other than fan favorite, former pod king, deluxe house lord. (laughs) (laughs) That was a new one. Ian Dixon. And uh, how are you doing, Ian? I'm doing all right. Yeah, we had a long porch hang and I'm kind of feeling... Mm -hmm baked from it honestly it was a sunny hamtramck day and uh yeah sometimes you sit in the sun for a bit drinking a couple beers and uh goes to your head yeah in a good way like we started this podcast by not recording and talking about batman for 20 minutes which seems like a good like a lot of reverb happening (laughs) oh yeah yeah yeah. um in the monitors i should say there's a lot of reverb happening uh i put a little patch in um my mixer so that we have reverb i hear that when singers play in bands on stage uh, or in recordings they ask for a lot of reverb so that they can hear themselves a little better Mm -hmm. because when you when you don't hear the reverb and the headphones it's like you can't even hear yourself because you're talking over yourself the whole time right i can't hear me because every time i'm talking i'm talking but with reverb you can you get a little bit of feedback and i was like i bet that's gonna make the podcast better so even though you listeners are not hearing reverb right now we are and you can credit our amazing podcast performance with that fact by itself. I wonder how much more open space there's going to be. Mm. Like if you if you gave David reverb, would he talk less? I think he because would. Because he could hear himself? I think he would talk less because the reverb has an act of like washing out what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So you have to stick to a certain pace, almost judged by the decay time of the reverb itself. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just go rapid fire pun, rapid fire pun. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you would get lost in yourself, yeah. and and in the drowning of sound, you would get you would be drowning in reverb, as they say. Our our foreign language correspondent Julia uh, emailed in or talked to me about our podcast two weeks ago. She was like, "I did not understand the first five minutes what was going on." <laughs> <laughs> And that was because David and Bendy were kind of taking the lead of the show for for the first five minutes. Mm -hmm. And they don't know how to present a topic so that a general audience can understand. Mm -hmm. I just explained the fact that we have reverb that the audience can't hear in our heads right now. And I bet this is easier to follow than that shit last week. God damn it. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I'm starting to downsize everything in my life. You know, and uh, it's not because I want to get rid of things. Mm -hmm. It's because there are things I have that I would like to not be having. Got to simplify sometimes. Got to simplify. Speaking of, I Mm. couldn't help but notice when you when you did the the bleep. Yeah, that a fuck got through, and then there was a bleep after that, and I wonder what got bleeped out of there. It was worse than fuck. Yeah. I mean, I'd I'd say it again, but then, you know. (laughs) It would just get censored and we'd just be in the same predicament. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, simplifying. Simplifying. Making things easier to be and follow and like doing a four-person podcast where I'm wasted at the start of it might not be uh, the route to go mm-hmm. with ScottCast. And I believe I've said that several other times. If you are a longtime listener of ScottCast, please send in a list of episodes where I said... <laughs> we shouldn't get so drunk. Yeah, we shouldn't get so drunk and rowdy with five <laughs> people on one recording. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that happens after every time we have Bendy on, at least. Mm. You can get those white claws in, yeah, it gets out of hand. That's the thing. Uh, when Bendy comes over, because he has kidneys that require it, we drink White Claw. Now, I want to get to the doctor that's like, these kidneys need White Claw. (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, that's the kind of doctor I would like to have, but I don't have that kind of doctor. He never recommends me a spirit or a beer to drink. He just tells me to stop. <laughs> <laughs> if I can get that kind of doctor, I, I would go for it. And I would take his recommendation. But so when Bendy is on, we're drinking a lot of White Claw and it tastes basically like water, like flavored water. Mm -hmm. And I would pour some White Claw into a glass and it's just sparkling water that gets you wasted. We're trying to step away from that. We're simplifying. We just had a few porch beers and UV rays. Honestly, if I'm drunk at all right now, it's not off alcohol. It's off vitamin D. Yeah. We don't need Sneaky D to get that vitamin D. We got obvious D from the sky. That's right. That's right. And we're keeping it real. You know, and I'm not the only person, you know, trying to initiate some change in his life to, you know, see what happens. Uh, we know our good buddy White Claw Gabe, right? Everybody knows White Claw Gabe. Fuck me, fuck yeah. Yeah. I've noticed a trend going on in his postings. Mm -hmm. See, at the beginning of White Claw Gabe's career on TikTok and Instagram, etc., about a year ago, he was all about the ladies. And by the ladies, he mostly meant uh, sex workers. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, of and of the various ilks, mm -hmm. uh, strippers, etc. Yeah. And uh, he called himself the um, ass gigolo. And he was the ass gigolo. And he claimed that title proudly. But lately, he's been making a lot of posts that are a bit more sentimental. And he posts every day. And he's my favorite influencer on the internet. So when there's a change in his demeanor, I get very interested. And um, he's looking for a wife. Mm -hmm. He wants he wants to get married. And uh, I kind of wanted to hash that out with you, Ian, uh, just to kind of see, um, does that make sense for White Claw Gabe? And and should I be following him? Because he is my leader in a way. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think he would be a good husband. Like, like, just listen, just listen to this, you know, he posted this a while ago, but it struck me as one of the most more genuine things yeah. he's ever posted. Okay. And it, and like, it was a contrast to his usual ass gigolo mm -hmm. nature. Right. He, he, he got on with this music artist on a TikTok and this is what he said. Daddy's coming home. She can't fit out the window. Her bosom too. Hey, it's a Hot Daddy summer, yeah. I'm the president of Hot Daddy. Rule number one, go home to your wife, baby, yeah. Rule number one, go home to your wife. Mm -hmm. I, I, that, was, that surprised me. He seems to be a loyal type. Like, yeah, he's the ass gigolo, but if he settles down and he finds that special someone, mm -hmm. I think he could go the distance and, and make a very happy life. Yeah. You know, do you, do you think so? Do you think he's ready for a wife? White Claw Gabe? I wonder make, how... Make this a boss talk dumb fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I wonder how that would impact his, uh, his like, presence. Because he's kind of built his image of not giving a fuck. And, you know, he'll, he'll blow a hundred grand on a... Bet on a fight. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And then he'll go to the club and watch some asses jiggle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's why? Because it's Fried Chicken Wednesday. <laughs> Tuesday afternoon, baby. Fuck yeah. <laughs> that's right. Here's the thing, though. I think if White Claw Gabe were to pivot mm -hmm. at this point in his life yeah, and transition to like a courtship of a lady. Mm-hmm. And then the eventual marriage of a lady, I think that could provide for some very interesting growth. Yeah, for sure. You know, social media wise. Mm -hmm. Imagine his core audience going from bros to bros who have kind of woken up and, and understood that life is this endless decay. And if you don't find someone who will decay with you soon... You will decay alone for some 40 years. <laughs> uh, 
Do it while you're hot. Basically. Hashtag bro, you will decay alone. <laughs> <laughs> you will. <laughs> it is a very real reality for like 60% of males that they will die <laughs> and decay for decades alone. <laughs> and uh, I think... That should be considered. And if he can lead even just a handful mm-hmm. of his flock to to a place in life where they can share it with somebody and live truthfully and honestly in a mm-hmm. relationship, I think he should do it. Yeah. The only question really becomes, what is it like to date White Claw Gabe? <laughs> that is a question. I feel like he's capable of immense joy like like this instance <laughs> I'm so happy <laughs> of course that was about um Kanye West's latest album being dropped but mm. I can see it applied to a relationship as well right and he's got the means you know he was in Cabo he was at Coachella he was uh he 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 eats out every day He's going to star in zombies. He's going to star in zombies as one of the greatest character actors of our generation. We're having him play Clint, which is a spinoff of Quint from Jaws. And he's going to be perfect in it. If you don't believe me about it, it's because you haven't seen zombies yet. (laughs) Which is fair, because we haven't made it yet. We're still working on the main character's backstory. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's I think it's worth it. I think he should actually get married. I would be there. I would hope that we can get involved with him mm-hmm. and uh, get him acting on our project before he gets married, mostly so I can be in the wedding TikTok. Because <laughs> I feel like that's going to be a legendary one, mm-hmm. and I would like to be involved in it. But uh, so that's that's my white clog kind of Gabe news. If you check out his feed, he's talking a lot more about finding a wife and that's how he terms it that's how he's saying yeah. it he's saying it directly in the feed um i believe on saturday he posted a just a simple image of himself with these two women mm-hmm. buxom at coachella and he's like i'm done with these hookers <laughs> <laughs> i would like a wife now <laughs> damn harsh white claw game <laughs> I, it's hard to tell if like he's considering these two ladies to be his wife or he's considering these two ladies to represent the hookers right with his use of the term these <laughs> in the caption hmm. i'm all for him mm-hmm. finding love uh and getting away from the hookers yeah you know I've been learning Spanish lately with mm-hmm. a man named Diego. I don't know if I said this story on Scottcast. I don't think you have. Um, okay, so I've been learning Spanish with a man named Diego online. And we were having this normal conversation, and uh, I'm starting to talk about like maybe what kind of beer I like, right? So mm-hmm. I'm like, um, how, do you say, how do you say cheap beer? And he's like, cerveza uh, barata, cheap beer. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Uh, I'll get a letter. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he's like, so that is cheap beer. And in Argentina, we have an insult that we also use that uses barata. It's a puta barata, which means cheap whore. And he goes into like a 10-minute explanation mm-hmm. of this esoteric joke that I don't follow whatsoever, but ends in being like, what are you? A cheap whore? <laughs> I'm like, all right. You should just throw that into casual conversation when you go down to Argentina. <laughs> I should. <laughs> I'll be at customs being like, hey, la puta barata. Thanks for stamping my passport. I hear when, when you're in... You they know, they as la puta barata. <laughs> la puta de barrio, huh? <laughs> I hear that, yeah, when you're in uh, locations that you don't speak the language that they appreciate when you try. <laughs> they do. They do. They're like, oh, you dear, you're looking for the cheap whores, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> you little lamb. 
<laughs> There's an English-speaking brothel in the corner. Fuck me! Fuck yeah! And that's how you know you're at it. <laughs> you hear that coming in from the from the middle. He hasn't found a wife yet, folks. Mm-hmm. But uh, so that's my little diatribe. So like, uh, I'm trying to learn a little bit of Spanish, and maybe we'll do a Spanish episode sometime. Yeah. Right. Like, I'll just be speaking Spanish. And you'll do the same thing. You'll just be like, see? That would be fun. I I took Spanish in high school. I don't don't remember much of it. When I try to speak Spanish now, I accidentally mix in German because that's what I took in college. How in the fuck do you do that, though? Because that's what I took in college, and that's fresher in my mind. But, like, so different, right? Yes. Like, German is nothing alike. It's like barking, <laughs> and every adjective is 17 vowels. Yeah, and... it, it doesn't make any sense, but that's that's how my brain works. I do, like, a good, strong German phrase. Like, uh, like you call something like a Bosch-Lakenfrenzen. Kinder douche. Kinder douche. Yeah. We were listening to a Polish lady at, on the porch tonight, uh, today, and she was talking straight Polish for, like, the entire time we were there and we were there for maybe two hours mm-hmm. sitting and she was just speaking polish across the street and uh she was on the phone and like every once in a while she would say baby shower just like <laughs> in the middle of her polish and i'm like isn't there a word for baby shower that's not you know the america uh, united states american english baby shower and like, and I understand it would be hard to translate, but you gave us the German translation. A rough one, yeah. Yeah, which is like Kinder Douche. <laughs> <laughs> and I am all for Kinder Douche. I've never been excited about a Kinder Douche until I knew that I could call it a Kinder Douche. <laughs> a Kinder Douche is very much <laughs> a kind of event I would go to and attend. Um, and that's the pleasure of language. Mm-hmm. And that's all a podcast is, is just taking pleasure in language, right? Yeah. You know, it's just me and you talking, uh, usually. And depending on um, our alcohol consumption. Um, I was just thinking how you saying that you would take great pleasure in a kinder douche might be misinterpreted. <laughs> that's very true. Do not cut that out. Do not snip that. I'm talking about a baby shower. Baby shower. I, I'm talking about taking great pleasure in bringing a bag of diapers to <laughs> an expecting mother and being like, happy kinder douche. I'm out. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm not looking to bring douches to a kindergarten or whatever. Or to sh- shower with a child. Or even to shower with a child yeah. if you're a German listener and you don't know what a baby shower is. <laughs> Or any other culture, for that matter. We have an international audience now. I need to be careful. Yes. I'm not good at being careful. I'm glad all my plans to become famous have failed spectacularly. (laughs) (laughs) Because I can't say spectacularly. (laughs) It is a great blessing. (laughs) And that's called aging. Yeah. Like, in the same way White Claw Gabe was like, I don't need hookers anymore. I have a horse cock. I just need a wife. Mm-hmm. Um, I am the same way. I don't need fame anymore. I just need a podcast. And that's how I am. And I also have a horse cock. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we are back. And Scott Cast, and I have a blood alcohol content right now of 0.074%. That's right, everybody. I am at the perfect level for podcasting. <laughs> You know, there's nothing better than .074 for podcasting. You can drive afterwards on that. (laughs) That is skirting that legal limit. Um, Ian's been drinking longer, so he's more drunk than I am, technically. Probably, yeah. Probably, although he's good at pacing, and he's good at making sure he's fed, and he's good at keeping a hold of himself, Mm -hmm. whereas I'm not good at any of those things. I'm also at home, so it's not, <laughs> you're not, not going as important anywhere. to me. <laughs> yeah, you're just broadcasting to millions of Scott Castigators. And uh, that's just how it is. Um, so if you're noticing that this podcast is really good, 
It's because we're using science, folks. That's right. We're using science to gauge our podcasting performance. I have had dreams before. I have like, not like literal dreams, mm-hmm. but like aspirations. Yeah. Where I come up with like a perfect formula for for a biological sense and, and like topic sense. Mm-hmm. And you combine it and you figure out what the perfect podcast would be. So you got to have certain people in a certain state talking about certain things. And boy, does a podcast rip when you get that. Yeah. We experience that, I think, once at all. It's a rare thing. It mm. is something that only gods really ever reach. And we have reached it. <laughs> <laughs> For, of course, episode 24 of mm-hmm. Scott Cast, uh, Shovel That's Your Gift. Yeah. That was a perfect episode. I have actually listened to that years later, and I was like, we are on something. <laughs> like, we are, we are that perfect balance of talking about, like, interesting topics, but not talking too much, like mm-hmm. we're out of our ass. Yeah. And um, as well, keeping things interesting on, like, a what-if front. Mm-hmm. And we were drinking the whole time. We had pints. That was conceived of an ipa binge yeah exactly yeah the uh, the planning of that episode was an ipa binge by itself (laughs) and then we were drinking ipas while we were uh, podcasting but honestly folks if you go back and listen to episode 24 you know i know most people are not completionists on scott cast most people dip in but if you listen to episode 24 shovel that's your gift you will be treated to one of the most glorious excursions in the English language that has ever been excursed. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you'll be treating yourself to it. And, uh, you know, we've had luminaries such as the executive producer of RuPaul's Drag Race, Fenton Bailey, listen to that same exact episode and say, we are very talented to a friend who was showing him that episode being like, is this good? (laughs) (laughs) You know, and of course, you must have been being nice to this person. Uh, it was Sabelle, obviously. Yeah. But uh, still, he didn't lie and say it was <laughs> terrible. Right. Or very good. <laughs> <laughs> he said we were talented. And that was born of a perfect combination of topic and uh, inebriation. <laughs> Back to the main point. I've dreamed of being able to figure out that formula and mm. reproduce it perpetually. But I don't think... That's why we're tracking your blood alcohol content? Yeah, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure out the exact right percentage. <clears throat> Gotta find that pocket. Yeah. And find out how to stay in that pocket. Mm-hmm. And if I can do that, then I can like ride that perfect wave between knowing what I'm doing... <laughs> And having fun doing it. <laughs> that's that's the way to be an alcoholic. <laughs> Anyways, we're on to the next topic. Being news. Yeah. news. One day, Billie Eilish is going to sue us for this. <laughs> and Being Mike news. Judge. <laughs> Sometimes Bronwyn listens to Billie Eilish in the car, and I'm like, be news. <laughs> And she's like, what the fuck? And you're like, you don't listen, do you? <laughs> it is such a random thing. We never talk about Billie Eilish or anything. She's not like a topic of conversation. But one day, I just was like, you know, B News needs a theme. <laughs> and Hank Hill needs to sing it. <laughs> we just need some music for him. Let's do this Billie Eilish song. And technically, we removed Billie Eilish from the song, so yeah. technically, it's like his, her brother, like Andrew Eilish. It's fair game, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's fair game. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> it's under parody. Yeah, I would say uh, in a, in a United States, parody is covered under fair use for the First Amendment. That's what I meant. And it's goofy. It's like if you're just doing it goofy, you're fine. Yeah, you can't sue somebody for being goofy because being goofy is one of the most protected liberties an American has. You're telling us B-News isn't goofy? 
Fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. Anyways, tell me about how many bees died. Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, I gotta pull it back up. Hold on. A little interstitial. About five million bees. Jesus. Honeybees bound for Alaska. Got waylaid when Alaska... When, when Delta Airlines routed them through Atlanta, where most of the bees died. That was almost a final solution worth of bees. <laughs> um, they were, due, due to a Delta Airlines fucking up. Delta. God damn it. <laughs> they were left in crates, um, and it was very hot in Atlanta, where you would expect it to be warm. Um, so... I don't have a, an exact number, but of five million, most of them died. Sure, and like <laughs> you're not you're not getting the rest in a in a good state. So like, we're 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 gonna say more than half, like three million at least. Three million are dead, and like, what are they gonna do with the two and ch- two and change? Right, right. Like we're bringing these bees to Alaska for a reason, and that reason is bees i don't know what the uh like the spring kind of uh, foliage in alaska is like i think i guess i mean i i guess any foliage needs pollinating um yeah do they have to import bees to get that done is there natural pollinators in alaska you know when i was reading about bees um a lot of the bees that are used, say, in honeybee mm-hmm. culture, right, in yeah. creating, you know, farms for making honey, mm-hmm. um, are, are are this particular species of European bee, mm. and this European bee is somewhat of a shitty bee. It's mostly about you know sounds... industrial being able to, you know, make a bunch. Yeah, it sounds really uh, kind of fascist and racist. <laughs> Which part? <laughs> European bees. Well, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about the different proclivities like, of... Uh, oh, you want to make honey? You got to have the European bees. They're the best ones. You know? Mm. I, I don't know. Like, yeah. And by the way, you know what they call Africanized bees? Killer bees. <laughs> right? That's a little fucked That's up. That's fucked up. <laughs> Damn. Why are we so fucked up with bees? <laughs> We're expressing all our inner angst and hatreds and prejudices with bee culture. I don't know. Maybe there's a science behind it, but I really don't want to look into it. <laughs> I feel like that'll get flagged in the old internet. <laughs> Is our movie going to be accidentally racist because bees are racist? It was already... Bee culture is racist? It was already accidentally misogynist for things I thought were just yeah. being faithful to ecology. Like, look, the queen bee is the queen bee. It's going to be a woman. I'm sorry. We have to blow her up. <laughs> you know, if we made it a king bee, people would be like, dude, so you didn't want to give a role to a woman and you totally destroyed bee culture by making it a man bee? No, we can't do that. It's got to be a woman bee. It's a queen bee. You know, it's got to at least identify as a woman. Jesus Christ. Right. And... Uh, like, by the way, and this is a thing I've been kind of tossing around with zombies in my mind, all of the bees that you see working, mm-hmm. all of the bees that you see producing things for the hive and doing useful stuff, fighting, yeah. right. uh, making honey, mm-hmm. uh, collecting pollen, every single one of them is female. Every single one are female bees. The only bees who are male are these worthless layabout creatures, literal fuckboys, that sit around, do nothing, until the queen bee takes off, and then they all compete to fuck her. That is just bee culture. That's just how bees be, bee. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And, like, I wanted to make that a parallel in zombies... Uh, and I'll I'll clarify this with you because you're the creature master. You're the monster yeah. machine. You're the guy who understands movie monsters better than anyone I know. Mm-hmm. So for zombies, I feel like it follows the zombie formula, like literal zombie. Mm-hmm. Um, 
where you get bit by a zombie, you become a zombie. And here you get like attacked by a zombie. Yeah. And you become a zombie. And therefore, the men who get attacked by a zombie become male zombies who are just worthless layabout fuckboys. And the females who get attacked by zombies become the warrior worker bees. Mm. But of course, this means that we are mostly dealing with women becoming vicious monsters throughout the film until the <laughs> end where we slaughter many men as they try to attempt to insert themselves into the queen monster bee who is a woman. And then mm-hmm. we blow her up and everyone applauds. It's uh, a difficult track to uh, I don't think navigate. It be. I don't think it should be. It's ecology. It shouldn't, it shouldn't yeah. It's ecology. Um, I mean, people are going to experience that the way they do, you know? Some people are going to be like, oh, that's sexist. And some people can be like, oh, that's that makes sense based on bee ecology. It's just bee ecology. <laughs> Look, like we're not like throwing parallels yeah. into the human life. It's just, you know, yeah. how the attack happens. It's what it's how it goes and we'll have White Claw Gabe there explaining. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz he's going to be the resident bee master. <laughs> I think like after the credits, he he should marry a bee wife. He should get married to a bee wife. His his queen. His queen. <laughs> And he becomes a worker drone. Be- oh, because he does die. Oh, spoiler alert. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Hope I actually delete that one. Anyway. <laughs> but uh, I could see that. Mm-hmm. Like, I could see him, like, uh, being murdered by uh, the zombie horde. And then, like, at the end, like, it's B. White Claw Gabe marrying a queen bee and, like, Maybe the sequel is White Claw Gabe is like this King B with his detached dick. <laughs> <laughs> and of, of course, the new queen is wreaking havoc, and we have to send David out to handle things. Right. But this time, he has no dick. <laughs> Everyone is dickless in, this, in the sequel. <laughs> It's like RoboCop 2. <laughs> <laughs> so that's bee news. Uh, we got a lot of killed and murdered bees in uh, Alaska. And they were well, killed by... They uh, were killed in Atlanta. They were killed in Atlanta. En route to Alaska. They died in Atlanta uh, en route to Alaska. Just like literally no one else. <laughs> <laughs> we mourned them. If I had to say something about these murdered bees, these dead creatures, I would say they had such a good life ahead of them in Alaska. Wild fields spread long and wide below the mountains. They could fly so high with pollen upon their legs that they could see Russia. They could see the world before them, and yet... In Atlanta, of all places, in the cargo hold of a Delta airline flight, <laughs> they were baked so fucking hot <laughs> that their little brains literally, literally boiled. <laughs> and unlike Jack Dawson, who sunk frozen, they melted from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And in a small container, five million bees discovered that three million of their horde were poor corpses. At least three million. (laughs) At the very least. And they had to struggle to get out. And their prize was Alaska. Fuck. Even the ones that got away, like, damn. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Here we go again. (laughs) Bee life is hard, yo. Yeah. Like, we can't apply the United States standards of, you know, wokeness to, to, to these what is essentially a wild, maniacal process mm-hmm. that that has no heart, let alone for themselves, but, but for anything. You know, mm-hmm. like, this is a wild, uh, chaotic system 
that we're introducing into the world. And I think a big message of zombies, if you don't mind me saying, mm -hmm. is that when humans temper into a chaotic system, they can only expect chaos in return. And it's but folly and hubris, pride, that makes us venture to these wild lands. Yeah. And it is of the wild and proud ones who die first in these situations. Kind of like Jurassic Park. Yeah. Everything's like Jurassic Park, yeah. It really is. Honestly. <laughs> like, I don't think you can mention a single topic in the world. Honestly, yeah. That I wouldn't be able to relate to Jurassic Park. Go ahead, try me. Try me. I'm waiting. Hey, scientists had this great idea. Uh, oh, they're going to just do this thing that, like, didn't consider the consequences. Uh. Right. That's that's the template. <laughs> <laughs> that's like everything that happens. You know? Yeah. Every single thing. Uh, Elon Musk bought Twitter. Fuck. <laughs> he doesn't understand what he's doing. Honestly, I think he did it just for the followers. Think of how many followers you would get if you could just like go into the back of the website <laughs> and be like, well, all these people are following me now. <laughs> <laughs> how many people, Musk? All of them. All of all of them. All right. You the boss. That's like what was the MySpace guy that you mm -hmm. were like automatically friends with? Tom. Yeah. Tom from MySpace. Was the most genius. Elon social Musk media. is just trying to be Tom. <laughs> Look, honestly, I He's poor man's Tom. I understand. He really <laughs> is the poor man's Tom. Because if you have to look at a rich life, you have to look at wealth beyond the scope of sheer uh, monetary accumulation. Beyond beyond the sh scope of sheer money, like uh, wealth is about uh, living your life without waste. Really, mm -hmm. it's about. Like, you spend your money and you spend your time the ways you want to. You don't do frivolous expenditure that doesn't really give you much. You just do what you want. And MySpace Tom nailed it. So here's, here's what he did. Here's his story. And I actually love his story. He made MySpace. Cool. He's a nerd. All right. Why not? Um... And right at the height of MySpace mania, mm -hmm. everyone had a profile in a top eight. Let me tell you, it was hysteria in the MySpace forums. Like, people were posting notes and shit. And, like, there were long uh, emotional diatribes. Uh, there was a lot of emo kids. Taylor Swift started on MySpace. Oh, my God. It was an era. It was like the roaring 20s of our lifetime is MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> right at the height of that, like when it can only get better, everyone was saying, MySpace Tom sold it for what everyone said was a pittance. It was nothing. And... I checked in with Tom 10 years later. Here's what he did. He put all his money into like this trust that paid him a percentage of it on, you know, investments, right? Mm -hmm. So every time the investments gained, he just took the percentage and every month he kind of collected from it. And all he does is he travels the world with his camera and he takes pictures. That's it. That's his entire life. That sounds swell. That's called your rich life, my <laughs> And like, that's perfect. Yeah. Like, if I could get into that fucking mode, I would do it. I would make a social network if that's my exit strategy. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, I'll sell it at the height of hysteria, let someone fuck it up. And, <laughs> and, and I would just go off and live off interest and yeah. just can't kind of be a simple man. Just just do what I want. Just post photos. Is he a great photographer? He's getting better. You know? <laughs> <laughs> He's doing okay. He's doing all right. He's, you know, like, would you hire him? No, but guess what? He doesn't need the money. <laughs> He's having a good time. Tom did it right when it yeah. comes to entrepreneurship. 
It's like, you just make something, you make enough, and then you realize what you want to do with your life. And you just let it happen. Yeah. There's no ego trip. Um, Mark Zuckerberg, right? He is the big Facebook guy. And he is the guy who everyone hates because he's kind of a weird, sweaty, asocial man. (laughs) He's very pale. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, uncomfortable looking. Um, So everyone loves to hate him. And his obsession is he wants to be like Julius Caesar. Exactly, right? Ian's giving me a perplexing look. (laughs) And um, you can see this obsession play out with his haircut. Yeah. Uh, If you look at his haircut, it is exactly like statues of Caesars. Right. Which are good. Mm -hmm. It's it's like a really shitty buzz cut because they didn't have buzzers back then. Right. It's like a weird... uh... Straight lines, but they don't work with the curvature of the the head. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's <clears throat> it's it's a soldier that has not been useful for about two thousand <laughs> years. Haircut, <laughs> and um, he's obsessed with this guy, and he was particularly obsessed with this guy in the era uh, pre twenty sixteen, which was a hectic era in a uh, United States culture, where where. Um, Donald Trump was becoming in power. And um, that was his fault. That, that's where he kind of lost everything, I think. that That is the moment, is when he got really greedy with his power and he was like, I can play the media. I can play the the world stage of, a, of a United States politics. Mm-hmm. And I can be in control of that and he did try to be in control of that and that is where all of their problems have stemmed from since if he sold at any point between that and before like five years he would have made ten times as much money as Tom did and gone down in history and everything and it would have been fine but he clung to it and he tried to make himself this crazy emperor, but all he was was this Asperger's ass motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) who did weird things in Harvard that ended up being a global phenomenon. Yeah. And look at him now. He's mired in courts, and his life is just boardroom to boardroom, to courtroom to courtroom. He's testified in front of Congress so many times. I'm I, I need that I, I don't know. He's like holding on to his balls constantly. And uh that's not the life to live. Yeah. Be like Tom. Don't be like Zuckerberg. Right. Don't get sucked off. Get Tom Don. <laughs> Title episode? <laughs> I don't know. We've said a lot of cool things today. <laughs> <laughs> it's that point seven nine talking. <laughs> oh seven nine. If I was point seven nine, oh, I'd be dead. Yeah. <laughs> fuck me. Fuck you. That's just how life is, you know. Yeah. We're high risk, low reward, and that's what I've determined is uh, my most my my kind of strategy in life with mm-hmm. Scottcast. Yeah. Is high risk, low reward kind of content. <laughs> <laughs> most people might hate this. <laughs> And the odds that our following would love this is low. Yeah. And what they will do for it is very low. I guess that's that's fair, considering where we started with the uh, necromantic review on we, episode one. That's true. <laughs> necromantic, the, the beautiful film all about necrophilia, if you didn't know. If you haven't watched it. <laughs> I mean, I put it right up there with Titanic. <laughs> Necromantic, the <laughs> film where where there is a couple and they love each other so much, but what they love more than each other is fucking dead corpses. <laughs> and so the boyfriend, utterly in love, brings a dead corpse from his job at the morgue to the woman, who the woman immediately falls in love with more than the man. <laughs> and she runs away with the corpse and the man is left alone. And in his solitude, does he does he renounce his corpse fucking ways? No. 
He chases after this girl. Let me tell you. The story that ensues after that will pull at your heart. <laughs> In more ways than one. <laughs> Say that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite sound effect on Scottcast so far. <laughs> Just jacking the Titanics. <laughs> putting anything over it. <laughs> like... I feel like that's going to take the longest of all our sound effects to get old. And we're still rolling on. Fuck me. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're high risk, low reward. <laughs> that's fine. Which reminds me, we got to do an ad break. Oh, fuck. You know, um, for up that reward quotient. A little bit. <laughs> like I said, low reward. <laughs> I'd say no reward. Um, Jesus Christ, we're doing a lot of risk. <laughs> it's just entirely risk it so far. <laughs> That's how you make a good show. We're 50 minutes in and we're doing an ad. That's it's called a professional production. <laughs> Should have started with an ad. I don't know. We're doing an Amazon ad. Um, if you know Scott Cast and you've listened to us at least recently, you know that we make money by... Uh, you purchasing shit on Amazon, and everyone's got an Amazon Prime subscription except for me. So you guys should be doing this anytime you sh- shop on Amazon. Uh, go to our link that we're going to specify soon for you. And anything you buy after that, even if it's not the thing we're advertising, we will get a cut of that profit. Jeff Bezos will be less rich. We will be more rich. And your dick will be much bigger. Much bigger dick. If you buy using our link, isn't that right, Ian? People who buy with our link have a much bigger dick than other people. 100% of the people that buy with our link have a horse cock. 100% of a horse cock. <laughs> it's a problem. You know what the most, the thing that people buy most with our links is small dildos. <laughs> <laughs> because their ladies cannot take how large the horse cock is on the man who purchases with our link <laughs> small dildos on the entire balance sheet and we make a cut on all of them <laughs> they are good dildos they are clean and they are antiseptic great for inserting into a human body <laughs> And that is what we are selling, I guess. I'm going to find the smallest dildo on Amazon. (laughs) Because our audience members have a damn horse cock. And they cannot please a woman because it would be a medical emergency if they tried. (laughs) Go to thescockcast.com forward slash I have a horse cock. And we... (laughs) will redirect you to the smallest highest quality dildo and or vibrator to please your woman with while you jerk off your giant useless (laughs) horse cock i hope one day you will jerk off into a very large mason jar so that you may impregnate your now wife (laughs) who loves the purchase you made at our link thescockcast.com forward slash i have a horse cock (laughs) You can find the link in our description. Uh, we will find a very small dildo. And you can look at it and buy it. And of course, if you are a Scott Castigator, who happens to have a cock that is feasible for intercourse, you may purchase anything after that. You can purchase whatever you want. And we will get a cut of the money. Just go to thescottcast.com forward slash I have a horse cock. And we will take care of you. Fuck me. Fuck you. This is boss talk. Uh. (laughs) I think Ian needs to take a break. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm on three hours sleep on this episode. (laughs) Maybe that's the fucking formula I need to add. Be three hours sleep. Go through an hour and then make me do an ad at <laughs> 0.8 alcohol. I need to be just drunk enough not to be able to drive. Do an ad. It will work. Listen to your fuck face. All right. <laughs> <laughs>
Now that's some high risk, low reward podcasting we've been doing. <laughs> I think that's the thing is like the the risk reward quotient. You think that's really the key of it? It's got to be like really on the edge, like 90, 10. <laughs> of risk versus reward? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, that's a good point. You know, I think like yeah. just the very like tinge of the idea. You can't, we... you can't go over. No. Because then what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Then but it's just like. You got to be close though. Because we got to be different from other podcasts, right? Yeah. If like we're if like we're like Joe Rogan podcast, we know he makes gobs of money. Right. I don't know how much did he make, like two hundred million or something. Too much for a fucking dumbass. And he just talks all the time, and like, does he talk well? Not no. very. I mean, like, he has some good questions, but two hundred million dollars of questions? No. Fuck no. I ask better the questions than that. Yeah. We have the scottcast.com forward slash I have a horse cock, but Joe Rogan does it. <laughs> you can't go to JoeRogan.com forward slash I have a horse cock. No, you can't. <laughs> but we do. <laughs> and that's the perfect fucking ratio of risk and reward. <laughs> you know, and like, that's just it. You, when you listen to a podcast, you want to be mostly listening to, listening to risk because podcasting is a wild west medium. Yes, it is. We've got guns blazing. Mm-hmm. It is. We are we are gangsters at the bar. It is. We are flying high. We've got a cocaine shipment coming in, and we're selling it in <laughs> Miami. Kind of risk versus reward. <laughs> and. Um, that's what makes it interesting. Yeah. People love Scarface. They love Goodfellas. Mm. They love they love these people like shooting their shot. These people from working class backgrounds, and that's exactly what we are. Like you purchased, I I got you a nice little Dostoevsky print. Yeah, of a painting. He's looking up the window. He's mm. looking very contemplative. I got this for you for Christmas. I pointed him at the window. It is perfect, actually. Yeah, uh, I like. He's looking right out the window. And it's and like the window looks very similar to the window he is looking out of, and it's great. The title of the painting was Dostoevsky, um, looking out a window at crime. At crime? Yeah, he is specifically looking at a crime. Oh, um, you can't see the crime. You cannot see the crime. You kind of can see like the expression on his face is you like know, what the it, fuck. It's like actually like precisely my view. It's like. In an alley, he's clearly looking through, like, he's next to another building, which is exactly my viewpoint. Exactly. Very tight quarters in Hamtramck. Yeah. But uh, back that way, towards the alley, there's a crime. Yeah, I could see that. (laughs) Like, what he's looking at is some kid is dropping their big cat Kit Kat bar wrapper. Those fucks (laughs) and their candy wrappers. God damn it. There's an epidemic in... Hamtramck. Uh, I don't mean to go from <laughs> I have a horse cock to there's candy wrappers in Hamtramck, but I'm about to. And uh, like, there's a lot of trash in this town. And it's like hard to tell where it comes from. It, yeah. Does it come from the street? I don't know. I have lived here for five years, and I've never once seen anybody walking the streets eating a candy bar. Mm-hmm. And yet, on almost every single property, there's like a candy bar wrapper. Um, every single property, there's something discarded, some food yeah. item usually. I literally, like this morning, went around my property with a garbage bag and like picked up all the trash that like blew into my yard. Yeah. And like later today, there were multiple candy bar wrappers in my yard. <laughs> right? It's fresh shit with some melted chocolate on them. What the fuck, people? What the fuck? Like, is it blowing in from the trash? Is it blowing in from people dropping it? Who's dropping it? Why are they dropping Who's it? Who's eating all these candy bars? You know what? I know one place we're never going to find these candy bar wrapper droppers. Mm-hmm. And that is following the link at the scottcast.com forward slash I have a horse cock. Yes, we're still <laughs> on the ad! Um, but yes, this is a beautiful Dostoevsky painting. Mm-hmm. And you framed it wonderfully you know like we're not like mark zuckerberg just like splashing money and trying to get as much as possible at once we're like tom yeah you know like you waited to get that frame 
and and you and you settled for the second damage yeah. frame <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that they gave you. <laughs> but it looks like, great. Yeah. And it's perfect for Dostoevsky. That it should be a damaged frame. Just slightly. Like just in a spot where you don't quite notice unless you really look. Honestly, you pointed it out and now I that's all I see. <laughs> <laughs> A little dent. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but it looks good. And uh, Dostoevsky looks good. And uh, I'm very proud of it. So I'm very proud that I gave you a thing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, with that said, uh, we're we're at about the time. We need to mm-hmm. wrap up this whole show. Goddamn. We're, we're at an hour. And uh, we got to ask ourselves and come up with a good response. Oh, fuck. What the fuck? Fuck did we learn today? Um hmm. you know, I think today was about uh maturity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the episode sponsored by I have a horse cock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, uh White Claw Gabe, even though he has a horse cock, as you may know. Um, he's he's ready to settle down. He's looking for a wife. Yeah, you know, and maybe I should be in the similar bet. And but you know, at the same time, I'm looking at my life, and I'm like, uh, I gotta I gotta reorganize things, you know and that's what? because I'm mature. You're on your own journey. I'm on my own if journey. If you're not ready to say goodbye to these hoes, then <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to. I guess not. <laughs> I have to find some hoes to not say goodbye to first. <laughs> <laughs> but uh um yeah i think i think it was about growth in a weird way yeah and do you see how like when we talk and like i am at point eight i'm almost mm. at like point one or whatever it is point oh eight to point one because i just had another beer yeah uh yet we have a cohesive theme in this episode. Mm-hmm. And we're thinking about it. And like we can attack it from several angles. Yeah. We can attack it from White Claw Gabe getting married. Right. We can attack it from like all these bees that are dying for no reason. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not very mature of Delta Airlines. No. Um, Tom, much more mature than Mark Zuckerberg yeah. with his startup social media company. We're very like pro um you know, mature, uh, I don't know what the word is. I'm probably at point one as well. (laughs) Um, we're about maturity in like, um, how we relate to, to folks, but, uh, also Tom and Zuckerberg, like, uh, anti-capitalist. Well, they're both capitalists, but I'm, I'm, I don't know. There's a, there's a I'm way. I'm lost to, in my own thoughts. Honestly, there's a mature way to be in the capitalist system. Yeah, and there's like, a, and a lot of maturity is accepting whatever system you're thrust in, and then doing your best to find your way towards taking pictures. You know what I'm saying? You're a way to live in that best life for you, mm-hmm. whatever that is, whatever, whatever social media bullshit you're. It's on. like, are you doing what you got to do to get by, or are you like exploiting exactly. that line? You know exactly. Yeah, are you exploiting just enough or more than you should? Mm-hmm. That's maturity. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and that's the Scottcast for today, you know and. I think that's, that's honestly that's kind of the take home message. <laughs> yeah. Exploit just enough. Just enough. Just enough. Like, let's be honest. However, the fuck MySpace Tom made his money, he didn't make it selling anything. Because mm-hmm. have you ever seen an ad on MySpace? <laughs> People are just like, hey, this is cool. I'll buy it for millions of dollars. He's like, all right. So, okay, here we go. And uh, we're going to let Bela in, and I'm going to let Pod King fan favorite, former Pod King fan favorite, because Bendy's Pod King now for some reason. Yeah. 
Uh, but I'm going to let you uh, lead us out, you know? All right. Thank you from us here at the Super Colorful, colorful Original Point Telecommunicated one. Transmission, otherwise known as ScottCast. We bid thee adieu. See you later, ScottCastigators. All hail, ScottCast. Glory be to ScottCast. Yes. See, what are you doing? He's fucking around with some shit.